You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. This is Manny Racinos. And listen, call the King's Guard because with almost 900,000 followers and over 15 million likes on TikTok, the queen is here, ladies and gentlemen. We have Glenda Baker. Welcome, welcome, Glenda. Thank you, Manny. Absolutely. Listen, I am excited because um, I've been working with the podcast now for a little over two years. And I, we, it, you know, it's all about membership engagement with this podcast. And we ask people what they want, what topics, what, what, uh, what public figures. And your name comes up almost every time we throw that out. So thank you so much for being here. I am excited and I appreciate your persistence. I know I have been like jello to track down. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I am honored to be asked by my association to be here. Thank you, thank you. Definitely worth worth the chase. Um, but we're excited because um, what I want to do today, you know, Glenda is someone who puts it all out there. So when I was thinking about what members want to hear, you know, what they really want, you know, the, the crazy secret sauce is it's out there. You put it out there. You are a, amazing because of that. So what I would like to know is is a way to get behind the genius that is, you know, Glenda Baker. Um, everything from story times to the fabulous work you do to the crazy sales that you do. Um, I want to take some time to explore the lessons of the lows and the highs that you've experienced because that's where we learn, right? Um, and maybe hear a little bit about the future, for Glenda. So I am excited. I would love to jump right into it. Um, I, For anyone listening out there who maybe isn't familiar with Glenda Baker, first of all, you should get out of that rock. But I would love to hear your journey just in real estate before everything took off with social media. Oh, my stars. Where did it even start? Well, honestly, it started in this building. Oh, well. I took my real estate class in this building from Joe Kennedy and Ann Seifers and Trip Anderson. Um, 31 years ago this month. So I, I took it during the summer and I never looked back. My mom told me, she goes, Pumpkin, you'd be a great real estate agent. And I was like, I get car sick. And she's like, not when you drive. And so sure enough, I uh, came over here, sat to get my real estate license. And I didn't realize until I was in the class that you don't get paid unless you sell a house. And I was like, oh, like on Friday, there's not like a paycheck. Like I was like in shock. So I was like, I can't do that because I had a small child and I was like, I can't do that. I, I need a, I need a paycheck. So I was going to be an assistant. And I went and interviewed with these three ladies and they were the reload soldiers. I mean, these one lady had relocate on her license tag on her white Jaguar. Oh my. And I mean, she was so beautiful. She had bangs and she was dressed to the T. And so I get an interview with her and these two other ladies and I go and I sit down and I'm going through and literally she goes, stop. And I'm like, okay. She goes, you can leave now. I'm never hiring you. You're way too bubbly. Oh. And I was like, oh, Oh, 
And I'm thinking, I can tone that down. And I was like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> so um, that was the first interview to be a real estate assistant. And then I met with, I'll never, ever forget it, uh, Lucy Morris Ronow, who is now Lucy Braden, or Lucy Morris Ronow, who was Lucy Braden then, and Irene Bagatis. And so I sat down with them and I loved them. I mean, we were like sparkling sunshine. And I was so excited, and they call me the next day. Irene goes, hey, Glenda, we love you. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. She goes, we are definitely not hiring you. And I'm like, excuse me? She goes, you know what? You're not going to be an assistant for long, and we don't want to train our competition. So you know what? I wish you the best of luck, but you really need to be an agent. Mm -hmm. And when Irene said that to me, it resonated. Yeah. So I had been reading a book, How to Develop a Six-Figure Income in Real Estate, and I barely got out of high school. I didn't go to college, but I knew how to follow instructions. And so I did everything that that book told me to do. And I went to the real estate Taj Mahal on Roswell Road, which was Buckhead Brokers back in the 90s. It was the largest real estate office. I sat down with the broker and I said, hey, you know, I've been reading this book. I've got five people that want to list their house with me. Nobody wants to hire me as an assistant. Well, can I be an agent here? She goes, you have five listings? I'm like, yep. <laughs> she goes, how did you get them? I said, I read this book and I did exactly what it told me to do. There you go. And she goes, you're hired. Wow. And it was Karen Daniel and she hired and gave me my first job. I sat in a cubicle. I got there at 9 a.m. on Monday mm -hmm. and it was me and Carol, the office manager. That was it. It was cold. I'll never forget. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, Carol, where is everybody? She goes, oh, it's real estate. They'll be in about 11. I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't have to be here at 9? She's like, no, Glenda, it, it's not a real job. You, like, work whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, get out. So I just kind of watched the lay of the land, and the number one agent in that office had a corner office. And I went to the broker. I said, can I move my cubicle? She goes, sure, as long as there's not somebody else there. I moved my cubicle right outside that girl's office. No way. I listened to every word that girl said, every phone call that girl had. If that girl needed a flyer made, I made it. If she needed signs taken, lock boxes taken, whatever she needed, I magically appeared outside of her door. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Glenda, could you make 25 copies of this flyer for me? absolutely. I'd make 26. I'd keep one. I'd give her 25. So and um, in this book, it said people do business with people they're familiar with. Put your name and your face everywhere. So I went to the broker and I said, could you put my face on my business card? And she goes, no. And I'm like, oh, because this book says I should put my name and my face everywhere. So I bootlegged a flyer and put my face on it and started handing it out in my neighborhood. So that was kind of how I got started. And that was like back in the olden days when Jesus was a baby in 1992. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty wild. Well, listen, I love it because when you're a star, you're not assistant material. So I will definitely <laughs> say that. And thank you to uh, Mama Baker for that suggestion of real estate because, wow, that yeah. has come a long way. Yeah. That is wild. What kind of stands out to me and leads me to kind of my next question here is, I love, you know, sometimes we try to reinvent the wheel and what we realize is we're, we're sitting doing the same stuff. You just got to be creative. So yeah. what you just said about putting your name on everything, which you learned from a book that someone else had experienced years before that, yeah. but before social media, that was it. It was stay top of mind. 
Yeah, hundred percent. All it is, right? Yeah, I sold these houses out in Avonsong. Avonsong is a neighborhood out in Alpharetta. Five hundred and thirty-six houses built by Colony Homes, and I had sold a few of them as new construction. And my one of my clients called me, and they wanted to sell their house, and I and I sent uh, just listed, under contract, just sold, and like three people called me. Because it was about time. They were first-time homebuyer houses. It's about time to sell. They were about two year, two and a half, three years old. And so I did the same thing. Just listed, under contract, just sold. And in Avonsong, I sold more houses than any other agent, but I sold more houses than every other agent combined. And it was because I was putting my face I was sending it uh, the same listing. I was hitting three times. I would do open houses on Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 2, 2 to 4, and 4 to 6. And I would set up a listing appointment at 630 Mm -hmm. every weekend. And it was so funny. I listed so many houses. And I was working with this fancy, smancy brokerage at the time. Yes. And I'll never forget we're in sales meeting. And I would always stand up, oh, you know, I have a new listing in Avonsong, 123 Banana Street. And this agent would bark, woof, woof, because they were dog houses. Because at this fancy brokerage, they sold these big fancy houses. And here I'm selling 90, 100, $120,000 houses. But what that agent never, ever grasped was that I was selling eight nine, 10, one month, 15 of those. Jeez. And you, I mean, you do the math. Correct. I mean, I'm not real smart, but uh, 15 <laughs> times $100,000 is 1.5 million. And that's praise the Lord and pass the money. Yep. Because at that time, it was much easier to sell that lower priced house than it was one of those big fancy houses. Absolutely. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. So the, the lead in here is I'm wondering at what point in your relationship with real estate did it turn into, oh, let me partner up with this thing called social media? What point did that click and take off for you? Well, my daughter got me a Facebook account in 2009, and I was like, Victoria, do not put anything on there because everybody can see what you are doing. Do not do that. And she goes, Mom, I'm going to make you a Facebook account. You're going to love it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to love it. And I started loving it because I found friends from high school. I found friends that I had known all of my life. I mean, I've been in Atlanta since I was two. Mm -hmm. So I really started liking it. And then um, I posted on there a listing that I had. And I said, back in the day, I would be able to sell this house because it's three houses from the Hackney Brothers. And no lie, a guy called me from high school that I had not seen in 30 years that knew where the Hackney Brothers lived that said, I will buy that house, I will pay cash. And I was like, wait a minute, this social media thing, it's got some legs on it. And then I got a little bit whacked out with an inspector. And um, he was in the report, you know, in the summary, I go over to the inspection and he tells the buyer the brick is wet, and I'm, and he's like, you need to have a mason come out and find out why the brick is wet. And we're standing there in this little 
you know, summary of the inspection. And I said, you do realize it's been raining in Atlanta, Georgia for three weeks. Like, of course, the brick is wet. Please tell me my people didn't just pay you $450 to tell them that the brick was wet. And, you know, he got a little bit sideways with me. And I got in my car because I was so hot under the collar. And I was like, I think I can do that Facebook Live thing. And I did a Facebook Live. And I'm like, I'm like, let me explain to you. The purpose of an inspection is not to create more questions. It's to create clarity. And if you're working with an inspector that tells you that you need to get the brick checked because it's moist after three weeks of rain in Atlanta, you've got the wrong inspector. And that just kind of started my like Facebook live journey. And then I was, and there were like seven people that, that watched it. Yep. <laughs> and so I, and I, but I was like, it was like talking to my friends. Yeah. It was like, I got to talk to my friends about real estate and I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And so I hired somebody to help me in 2016. And on my first video, I wore this dress and looking back on it now, the dress had this design and it made me look like I had cow udders on the front. It was so bad. And I was sweaty on top of everything else. And in it was terrible. And then um, I kind of graduated from that and um, did posts from the Porsche in my car. Mm-hmm. And I was on Glenda Live and, and some guy said, hey, you should call this post from the Porsche because I have a Porsche Panamera. And that kind of stuck. And so I started doing posts from the Porsche. And then interestingly, enough, and I had only done Facebook. Yeah. And interestingly enough, when Zillow bought Showing Time, mm-hmm. I did my first Instagram Live about how that might impact agents, buyers, and sellers. Because now all of that data on how many showings a home had had would be held by an entity that is both a brokerage, a data provider, a lender, and someone who is selling leads to agents. And so I was concerned about that. And so I talked a little bit about that on Instagram Live. And that really, seeing the power of that Instagram Live was really kind of sparked me. And then I went to a conference and saw where a guy had 43,000 views on his TikTok video. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I started and it was terrible. Yeah, And it just got better just, you know, by doing it. And then I hired the right people and surrounded myself with the right people. And I consumed content that I liked. And I, and just like reading that book in 1992 and listening to that girl in 1992 and emulating what they did, not recreating the wheel. I watched Zachary. I watched this guy, Matthew Hussey, who gives dating advice. I, I took in the content that I liked and then, like everything from from the beginning, I glendified it, yeah, and put my own spin on it. And that really has been the secret sauce for my success is that I have watched the most successful people. I have picked apart what they have done. I have uh, taken the parts that I thought I could apply to me and glendified them. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I, I never doubt that you are yourself when I watch you yeah. in any platform, 
in anything. Also, this is a special treat for, you know, the Glenda universe, universe because we definitely just heard the birth of, you know, story time with Glenda, <laughs> post from the Porsche. I mean, it, it's it's incredible how these things kind of just happen. You're right. I, I wanted to laugh out loud so bad, but, you know, podcasts, we don't want to be too, too loud. But I seriously, when you mentioned going live, being heated, I have been there, I have done it. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to catch so much because of it. And then it turns into, hey, people actually like when you are real, when you are yourself. Yeah, the post to be perfect is so yesterday. Yeah. And um, people ask me all of the time, they're like, why do you think that people are interested in your content? People are interested in my content, I think, because I'm real, I'm relatable, I'm relevant, I'm reliable, I'm not afraid to be raw. And it's refreshing to the audience. So, and I think that it resonates with them. Absolutely. So, you know, I remember when I posted about selling the wrong house, several brokers called me and said, you need to take that down because it makes you look incompetent. Mm. And of all the videos I've posted, that is one of the ones that has gotten me the most business and gotten the most engagement from people saying, finally, somebody who's not afraid to be imperfect. Yep. And you resound with not just the real estate agent, because it is beautiful when I get to see people doing the same thing and struggling with the same stuff that we sometimes we don't talk about, right? But also clients see it. Yeah. And there is something that uh, ARA has really taught me, and that is we our job is literally to hide every problem and issue from our client. But at the same time, it is important to let them know how valuable we are because we are very valuable to the deal, you know? And and we are in a time where people always want to say that our jobs are in danger or AI is coming and we'll be wiped out or Zillow is coming, you know, all these things. And we have to remember that when you show your true value, you put it out there, people really do see it. I think you do that for our uh, industry very well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, I get a little bit worked up when I see an agent post that I sold 123 Banana Street in three hours with 40 offers, $100,000 over the list price. They're in their head, that's a success. In the consumer's mind, though, that is you just got paid a truckload of money and you didn't do anything. It's the market. And really, I would love to see as an industry where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like a lot of people don't realize I just closed on a house Monday and its nickname was The Shelter. I mean, this is a shack in downtown Smyrna, 700 square feet on a tea tiny little lot. And that house terminated like four times before I got it to the closing table because buyers agents didn't set up their client with realistic expectations. And I got to the closing table and the man who had owned that property had passed away. And these properties were a part of his estate and I was working with his widow and we're at the closing table And tears came into her eyes. And she said, this one for me is a little bit difficult to sell. And I thought to myself, 
why? Because <laughs> it, I mean, I had been renting it for this guy for like seven years. Uh, and it, I mean, it literally was like a shelter. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, why? And she goes, when we got divorced and we first met after he'd gotten divorced and I'd gotten divorced. And then we first met the shelter is where we shared our first kiss. And so I think that a lot of real estate agents think that real estate is about houses. Real estate isn't about houses. Real estate is about people. Like think about it. You help most real estate agents will help Bobby and Susie, the average Joe, the everyday buyer. I mean, Sorry. Um, we're not, we're not, the majority of our clients aren't buying $40 million, you know, apartments. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody is not Steve Harvey buying a $20 million house. Mm -hmm. The majority of people are buying regular everyday houses. And as real estate professionals, as realtors, we have the opportunity to help people achieve their dream of home ownership. Yeah. We help people build legendary generational wealth with their investment in real estate. And that's what I want agents to post on their social media. Yeah. Not I sold one, two, three banana street in three hours with 40 offers, a hundred thousand dollars, because that doesn't tell the consumer anything about how you bought brought value to the person that you worked for. Absolutely. And you, you've hit the nail on the head. And this is why I love the interaction within our network, uh, in our industry. Uh, you know, people have asked me when I started, and even when I started out in real estate, my goal was to learn from other agents. So I would go to networking events and I would have people, sometimes my parents even would say, why are you spending all your time with all these other agents? They're not going to buy from you, sell from you. That's not going to make you money. And I went, no, but that's how I learn. And that's how we're going to keep growing. And working together is one of the best things you can do is if I find a listing that you have and a buyer that's going to work, when we do that deal, it's going to be a great situation that we can then talk about and celebrate, right? But if you go into it, just it's about me, it's about the money, it's about, and it's not your client and the stories and what we're really doing out here, it changes. I mean, it, it really does change. Well, and the agents don't utilize the resources from their association. Mm -hmm. The Atlanta board, which is what it was back in the 90s, yeah. that was the first thing that I joined. I joined Women's Council. I remember the first conference or learning thing that I came to was a top producer panel with Rudy Harrell and Marcia Sell. You don't have anything else to do. You are brand new. Getting in those rooms is where you need to be. That's where you learn. You're going to learn real estate in the streets and getting and supporting other agents, going to their caravan, going to different conferences. Just think about you bring me an offer on 123 Banana Street, how much easier is that transaction that you and I, we've sat down together, we've broken bread together, we've been dancing together. Yes, we have. Do you think that when I go to my sellers, I'm going to have the confidence to say, hey, I know Manny, he's a great real estate agent. I, we need to look at his offer seriously. Yeah. And that's what agents don't get is the community that you can build within your association. The community that you build with other real estate agents is vital to your success. Vital. You are 100% right. 
I love it. I mean, there are a million, and, and I knew going into this, this was going to be hard because you have incredible stories, you have incredible lessons to teach, but they're out there, y'all. Either follow Glenda, go find her when she does a panel, go to one of her conferences. Either way, you can find these stories. So I don't want to waste our time there here. But what I want to do is talk about some of these other things because the fandom is real, Glenda. I mean, I have walked into a restaurant with you and someone has noticed who you are come over been giddy been nervous um and it's a beautiful thing the question i kind of had is at what moment did you realize oh this social media thing took me past just i am glenda baker real estate i do you know high volumes top producers that kind of thing at what point did that change to huh there's a little bit to the social media and a recognition factor was there a moment that you went huh so there were two moments in time that I remember distinctly. Yeah. One of them, I was at the Braves game. And, I mean, there's 45,000 people at the Braves game, for God's sake. Yep. And um, this guy turns around, just chatting with his friend, and catches a glimpse of me. And he says to his friend, not to me, he's like, oh, my God, it's the real estate agent from TikTok. And he stops me and wants to take a picture. Mm -hmm. And then we're sitting outside in the battery and this lady comes over. She goes, you're the real estate agent from TikTok. And I looked at her, I said, I am. And she turns to her husband and she goes, I told you it was her. The husband walks over and he goes, you cost me $15,000 last month. We had to paint the red brick white just because you said so. Oh my gosh. That both of those things happened in one day at the Braves game. Yeah. My kids were with me mm -hmm. and they were like, Oh, mom, like those videos, like people are watching them. And it was so crazy. And then the other day, um, I was talking to someone and they were introducing me and they said, Glenda has an average of 344,000 views a day across her video catalog. Think about how many people go to a Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. She's touching more people than Taylor Swift on a daily basis. Taylor Swift in an arena at a on a daily basis. And I, I was like, it's wild. Oh, oh, my stars and stripes. And someone introduced me as the most recognized face and voice in real estate. And I was, I mean, th think about it. I am a 56-year-old real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not on a television show. I, I, I am selling. Yet. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm selling $100,000 townhomes. I'm selling $5 million houses and everything in between. Like, like I'm not like on million dollar listing or something. Yeah. And so it really kind of hit me the, the exponential exposure and impact that you can have via video. You don't have to be me, but think about back in the nineties, I only had the ability to touch the people that I actually met. Mm -hmm. And yeah. today I have the ability to inspire impact and inform Hundreds of thousands of people a day. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. And you take it across so many different things. I would be, you know, it wouldn't be right, especially during Pride Month, not to mention you even do a glitter and a gay Glenda Baker with um, Tyler, right? And you I mentioned do. that came to mind because you mentioned a million dollar listing and everything. And it's just you are genuine. You take it to different places. You 
you just have your hand everywhere and I love it. You've got, you've got it on the pulse. You know, I, I love that about you. Um, I wanted to do, uh, some questions. Cause again, I don't want to go through all the questions that you have seen get asked on a panel and yeah. you know, um, those can be found, like I mentioned, but people are going to be researching. You're going to be like the biggest Google trending <laughs> name here in a bit, but hashtag um, Google Glenda. There you go. <laughs> Google Glenda. Um, but I do have three questions here about kind of this, this whirlwind that you have created. Okay. Um, one, I would love to know the most asked question by your fans. Are you really the same person in person that you are on video? We've already answered that one. <laughs> and I, I get that question all all of the time. And I think that people, because live events change lives, I think that yeah. when people see me in person, they're a little bit in shock that I'm as wide open in person as I am on video. Oh, it's yeah. not a character. Yeah, That is just me with the volume turned up. Yeah. I mean, I have seen Glenda ask people to pause the cameras real quick and go off script. So <laughs> I know you can do it. Um, okay. Um, favorite gift or, because you talk about people send you things and you, the stars and your fashion and everything. Favorite gift or suggestion that someone told you about either a piece of clothing or an accessory. Oh, my stars and stripes. So um, probably the gift that... Uh, caught me off guard was one of the first gifts that I received. Mm -hmm. And it was a dress, a star dress from a real estate agent here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, like for a woman, like a dress is a pretty intimate yes. like gift, you know? Yeah. And so I was so taken back. I, I I've received Many, many different things with stars, many different suggestions of things to buy with stars. I think what touches me the most, my mom always said, Pumpkin, you are a star. And every time that I wear them, every time that someone sees them and thinks of me and sends them to me, it's almost like a little piece of my mom. Mm. And so... I can't really say that there was any one particular gift. It's just the the thoughtfulness of the Glendoratis, the thoughtfulness of the people. I mean, think about it. The most valuable asset you have is not your time, but it's your attention. Mm -hmm. And you think about all these people that are giving me both their time and attention. Yeah. And, and, biting in and knowing that I love stars. Yeah. It's just, it's, it touches my heart in a place that it's very difficult for me to articulate. Now, I, uh, I really appreciate that answer because the reason I asked it is I, I didn't even mean it in that way. Um, but I notice that it means something to you and yeah. we're going to kind of lift the veil here. There are a lot of public figures and it's all marketing and they come up with these things and they know it's a gimmick. No point have I felt it's a gimmick. It truly is <gasps> something you yeah. love. And you just told us why. Yeah. Because you have a connection, a personal connection. And you're right. Those things are hard to articulate. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, finally, I was going to ask, what is the most unique client or fan experience that you may have had and i know this will open up a floodgate of ideas and things like that but what would you say comes to mind first um 
Well, probably one of my most favorite memories is with my client, Heinz Ward, mm-hmm. who played for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, MVP of the Super Bowl. I learned so much from him. Yeah. When I went to go, um, you know, I went through about 10 different phone calls with his team. And finally, they get me on a conference call with him. And I said to him, what was it about your last agent that, that, that you didn't like? And he goes, she asked me what I wanted her to do to sell my house. He's like, that's like me asking her how to play football. <laughs> and I said to him, you've interviewed every real estate agent in Atlanta. The road is paved with dead squirrels that fail to make a decision. Don't be roadkill. It's time for you to let me run the ball. And I learned so much from him. And ultimately, right before we were supposed to close, he uh, had been on Dancing with the Stars. He was winner of season 14. He knew that was my favorite show. He had me up to his house and uh, took pictures of me, me by myself with his mirror ball trophy. Oh my God. At his house. So, I, I mean, I loved that. I wore my Superman dress when I sold to Dwight Howard. Um, my client, oh my and, and my client, Robin Mead, um, Robin instilled in me a confidence that I could sell big houses. It really was her and her husband who put all of their faith and belief in me. And I listed their $5 million home, and they never, ever questioned. They never, ever wavered. They believed in me 100%. And it was the confidence, whether it was one of my star-studded clients or my everyday buyer or seller, I barely graduated from high school. And for these people to trust me with what is their largest single asset typically is an honor. And I don't take it lightly. But I remember Robin saying to me, you are amazing at what you do. And and it was it it gave me confidence that those were turning points in my career. Yeah. So you can't buy that, you can't plan for it. You can't plan for it. And um, you know, I I I want I want agents to understand the gravity of the position that they hold mm-hmm. as a realtor. You, this is not a game. This is not Monopoly. You are dealing with people's largest single asset. You are helping people reach their goals and build their dreams. And they depend on you. And I I want to see our industry um, understand the gravity of what they do. And I also want the naysayers to understand that we are not replaceable. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and I know you fight for that. I see you walking <laughs> the halls of the association. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it always means something when, when you're out here working towards that. Yeah. Because um, there's a million different places you can be. That's sure. right. <laughs> always. Um, you know, I wanted to ask, uh, we learn from our highs and our lows. Yep. Um, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned, both from either a high, a success, or a pitfall even? I know sometimes those are where we really learn that mistake that, you know, is there something that stands out there that you'd like to share? hundred um, percent. You know, when you're a real estate agent, you get paid when you sell a house. Mm-hmm. You know, you sold a $500,000 house, you made $15,000 you are rich because I mean, think about it. Who gets a paycheck for like $15,000? What I didn't really understand was that uh, expenses, taxes, how to run my business like a business. I remember I couldn't afford to take the toll road on 400. Um, And because I had pissed away all of the money. Rather than investing in real estate, I was living in an apartment. And it wasn't until I, and I had a tax lien against me, a very large tax lien that increased every second of the day with interest. And it wasn't until I started, I I engaged a coach and I started running my business like a business. So I would say that probably driving the fancy car, wearing the fancy clothes, and not having enough money for the toll road on 400 (laughs) was a low point. Getting that tax lien put against me because I didn't have the money to pay my taxes um, was a low point. But ultimately, real estate gave me every freedom that I have today. And that was, it taught me how to run a business like a business. And it uh, let me go to every Valentine's Day party, every cheerleading competition, every soccer practice. And it afforded me the flexibility as a single mother to, um, you know, be involved in my kids' lives on a daily basis. And also, I make a truckload of money. Now that I'm running my business like a business, helping my team, an all-female team, run their business like a business and create generational wealth for them. So I, th- I think that you don't realize this, the sweetness of success without uh, some sort of failure. And I've definitely learned more from my failures than I have from my successes. You're right. And here you are creating and helping other people become successful. And that is a gift. That is. Thank you gift yeah um i i know you have an incredible eye for real estate locally right i mean you are an expert in your industry for sure um one of my favorite not only videos that you posted a while ago but then lately you came back and pretty much said i told y'all so was your uh your eye in trey young's purchase of his home in la 
right. while he was still with us. And people are still acting like, I wonder what's going to happen. And you right. literally told us what was going to happen and then came back and said, remember this video? Right. I love that. So what I thought that day when I saw that video, I mean, obviously I laughed, uh, almost spit out a little coffee that morning. But what I loved was how do you or what I thought about was how do you keep up with this? How does Glenda Baker, who's out doing a million different things, where do you get your news? How do you get it? What time of the day? How do you make it happen? Um, I don't watch the news. Okay. I don't watch television except sports and Dancing with the Stars. Love it. Um, I take in the majority of my content through TikTok or Instagram. Okay. Um, I have my finger on the pulse of everything real estate. Yeah. Period. Whether that is pulling from industry sources, I have my ear to the ground. Another thing that most people don't realize is I have a photographic memory for real estate. Mm. So if I have ever been in a house, I know everything about that house. In fact, who has owned it previously, 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 previously. Maybe it's because I have such a passion for it, but I want people to understand the total cost to own when it comes to real estate, because I feel like that that's where people um, have hurdles. They think that their payment of $2,000 a month is all it's going to take to own a home. Two weeks ago, both of my air conditioners went out in the same week. In Atlanta, Georgia, living without air conditioning is not what you want to do. You need to have money in reserve for those capital improvements, those maintenance items that are going to come along. And you and I both know, Trey Young, $215 million guaranteed contract, praise the Lord and pass the money. But think about this, whether instead of purchasing a $20 million home where the taxes will be four to $500,000 a year and steadily go up, in a city that is not where you're working now, Mm -hmm. had you taken that $20 million and bought multifamily or rental property, you wouldn't just, because he's got a beautiful home here, and I'm not his financial advisor or his his real estate agent. I'm just saying, had you taken that $20 million and invested it in income-producing property rather than income-costing property, what would be the different result? And we can all look back on Evander Holyfield and his beautiful estate in Fayetteville that he lost because it cost him a million dollars a year to run it. Yeah. And those expenses, when whether you're Bobby and Susie or the average Joe, those expenses for ho- your house never end. No. Taxes, insurance, upkeep, maintenance, capital improvements – those never end. And I want people to understand how to budget for that and how to make a great decision that builds generational wealth, not just an exhibition of your wealth today. Absolutely. It's funny because that reminds me a little bit of a uh, story I once got to hear from A-Rod, and he tells that. That man is not only a genius, a incredible athlete, but he invests. He yeah. takes that and invests. And that is a great lesson. So, you know, Trey Young, I know you're listening to this podcast. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, on the topic of kind of uh, time, right, and work-life balance and all that, that's something people always want to ask. I personally feel like that's something we're always going to keep chasing. We're constantly going to be chasing that work-life balance. Um, I've noticed that you have 
found ways to kind of incorporate that, I think a little more than maybe before. I don't know. 100%. And uh, I just wanted to know for you, what is that balancing act like? And um, what is, what's your like moment of Zen? Where do you find that? So um, I met with a business consultant about a year and a half ago. And that business consultant said to me, tell me what is your brand and tell me what you want to do. And we, we came up with seven words and if whatever the proposition is doesn't fall into under that umbrella and under that umbrella, the answer is no. Mm. So I had to learn how to say no to everything because for the last kid picked on the playground, I'm always afraid that I'm not going to get asked a second time. But I had to understand um, what deserved my time and attention. Yeah. First off, um, the other thing is, about six months ago, there was a series at my church called Bend, Don't Break. And what I took away from that, that I ask myself every single day in everything that I do, is don't be distracted from something you should be devoted to. Whether that's my family, my friends, my business. Don't be distracted from something you should be devoted to. And that is where I kind of learned that time is not your most valuable asset because I could be sitting here with you on my phone and it doesn't matter that I'm here with you because I'm paying more attention to my phone than I am with you. I don't take my phone off airplane mode or off forward except when I'm 100% available to answer the questions that somebody might have when they text or email or call me, mm-hmm. period. When I'm in an appointment with you, I'm in an appointment with you. Yeah. And it goes back to Marcia Sell. I never, ever will remember, I will never, ever forget when I was here at that conference, I was brand new. She goes, if I'm shopping retail therapy, I'm in an appointment. <laughs> yep. And I don't stop that appointment for the seller or the buyer. Yeah. And and I really took that and kind of adapted it to my family. When I'm at dinner with my family, I'm at dinner with my family. Yeah. I'm in an appointment with my family. So um, I, I don't even look at my phone. Nobody dies because we don't answer our phone. And if you run your business right and you are 100% focused on your business yeah. in, from 9 to 5, there's zero reason that you need to deal with anything after that. Yeah. No, you're right. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful that you have found that focus and that zen and those people that help you get there because this industry is is hard, but what you have taken on with the media and your public profile is exhausting. It is. It is. I take in most content in the morning. You asked me that question. I never, ever answered it. Um, I take all of my content in. I wake up every morning between 5.43 and 6.01 without an alarm. It just, my body just wakes up and I watch the sunrise every morning. And in the morning I take in, I consume content. And then um, at uh, seven, between 7.30 and 8, I I put out content. So for me, my consumption is that first part what I need what I what my friends are doing what my clients are doing what I'm interested in whether it's recipes or dancing with the stars or sports and basketball Mm -hmm. I I handle that in the morning and then I put out my content and then I am a real estate agent because 
real estate is what funds and fuels mm -hmm. the stardom. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, I mean, you can call it whatever you want to. Oh, she's TikTok famous. You know, that is all irrelevant without doing the business. I picked up the phone yesterday and it's an agent. Hey, Glenda, this is Jackie. I've got a referral for you. Super awesome sauce. She goes, I'm going to text it to you. I'm like, Jackie, you know, just out of curiosity, like, I don't know that we've met. We haven't met, but I follow you on social media. Sit down and grasp tightly. That was a $5 million referral Jeez. from some, from some real estate agent, not in Georgia yeah. that saw me on social media that felt confident enough in my skill mm -hmm. to send me a $5 million referral. Yeah. Like, That's amazing. Oh, my stars and stripes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pick That's up your phone That's when you're wild. working. That's crazy. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we are nearing the end here and there's a million things we could keep talking about, <laughs> trust me. And maybe we'll, you know, go grab some wine later. We can talk more about those. Um, but I want to do a quick speed round. This is something that I've kind of started doing with our guests and um, trust me, no better person than Glenda Baker to sit here on a quick speed round. Um, all right. So just what comes to your mind, you don't need to elaborate. Just let's see where it goes. <laughs> that's that's him telling me not to tell any more stories. No, no, absolutely not. Trust me. I'm totally fine. You go but, right ahead, man. Be I quiet. just want to hear. Okay. Favorite restaurant in Atlanta? Atlas. All right. Um, favorite voice in the media? Pass. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, self shop or stylist? I've always wondered this one. Self. Ah, I love it. Um, favorite type of recording day to have or do? Different platform. I know you have different segments, different people you work with. What's your favorite? I love Instagram Live because my people are there with me at that time. It's real life, real time, and I love that. You are incredible in person as well, so I totally hear that. Um, what's worse, posting too often or not enough? It's not the amount of content. It's the context of the content. If you're not putting out valuable content, don't waste your time putting out crap content. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Love that. Um, favorite concert you've attended? Rascal Flats for my daughter's 15th birthday. Oh, I love that. I've seen them live. They're incredible. But it sounds like there's also some, some good stories there, too. It was also Taylor Swift's first concert. Mm. Yeah, she sang three songs. For, she opened for Rascal Flats. It was my daughter's 15th birthday. I won rock, paper, scissors and got them backstage. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, we'll expand <laughs> on that later. I love it. I love it. Um, you mentioned something. I'm going to throw this one in here. You mentioned that, you know, TikTok, famous or not, you have things. You have value all over the place. As far as your influence to get those referrals from national, to get in front of people in a big way, if TikTok were to go away, what would be the medium you would use? The Chris Jenner business model. Get their email. I mean, think about it. If you have everybody's email, you own your audience. Nobody else does. Let me say it a little bit louder for the people in the back because I want you to understand this. Think about uh, the majority of people are too young to remember MySpace. I have no idea who my friends were on MySpace because I didn't have their email address. Yeah. But if you are not getting your audiences, no matter how large or small, if you're not getting their email address, you are missing the boat. Chris Jenner, 
be the first to know, be on our insiders, JLo. If you want to see my, my, my ring, go to my newsletter. The first thing, give me your email address. If you're not owning your audience, somebody else does, and that makes you vulnerable to lose them. Back to basics. Absolutely. Back to basics. Wow. I love that. Um, what does the future hold for Glenda? I know you mentioned you're not on TV yet, but my gosh, I'm sure I'm sure the offer has been presented before. There, there has been, um, you know, television offers. Yeah. I I want to make sure that I have the ability to control the narrative of yeah. Glenda. So I've been very particular about how we've approached that. People say the sky's the limit. I'll be honest with you, there is no limit for me. Yeah. Period. I am prepared to touch anything and everything that falls under my brand that I believe in. And it's just that simple. So there is no limit. I am unlimited in everything that I do. I don't think about limits. Every day I wake up, I feel like that my life is a dream. Mm, I love that. I, you have worked so hard. You have built so much you keep opening doors. Um, I once was lucky enough to to host a panel called Women of Wealth, and you showed up. And that's a whole different podcast that can happen. The things you've done, you mentioned your all-female team. Uh, you've done things for women in this industry. In Atlanta, I hear it all the time. We will, we will find a way to talk about that another time. Um, but you have. You've built so much. There is no limit. And thank you so, so much um, for, for being here with us. Um, I want to give you the chance to let us know the million different ways we can find you so that we can all become, uh, you know, followers and hear the Glenderisms and follow the Gazette and all of this. <laughs> what, how would you like us to find you and be able to consume you? Well, I always say my name is Glenda Baker. I'm a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia. Send me a text, tag me in a post, give me a call. That's what I love the most because yeah. I love the opportunity to talk real estate with you. Yeah. But you thought I was joking. About two years ago, I started a campaign called hashtag Google Glenda. Mm -hmm. And literally, you just need to put my first name in, G-L-E-N-N-D-A, into Google. And you can follow me and find me on any platform that you love. There you go. We are accessible and we are grateful to have you, Glenda. Okay. I appreciate all your time um, being able to come in with us and support our Atlanta Realtors Association. We all truly do appreciate the work you do out there. Thank you. I am honored to be here. And it was one of my dreams. I remember when I watched Marcia Sell and Rudy Harrell on that top producer panel that I would have the opportunity to be on a panel here at the board. And I feel honored uh, and flattered that you had me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, y'all, thank you as members for joining us and listening in. We hope that you got something out of this, something new. Um, and we will see you next time on the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. See you, fam. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.